Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. It's April D. Gregory, who's off today. And so many things, are because it's like that whole July 4th weekend, so many things are out of kilter. We're not even at our favorite place. We're not at Blend Bar Cigar. We're at my dining room table. I thought this was your favorite place. This is, uh, this is a there's glorious no, place. There's no place like home, Tony. Well, there are some places. <laughs> There's some place I happen to like where I live. I'm not one of these people who's unbelievably like uh, keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. which I'm noticing more and more. And I don't know if it's an age thing or if I'm just somehow more aware of it. Everybody, everywhere I go, it's a little bit of this. Oh, we should do that. Oh, we gotta do that. Oh, we did this. Oh, we went on this vacation. Or we. I noticed it when I first moved to Indiana that like spring break. Oh, so where are you going for spring break? Not are you going away for spring break. Where are you going for spring break? And I'm like, okay, what just I, – I moved from L.A. To, to, to central Indiana. I'm not supposed to be asked this question. Well, I mean, if you live in L.A., I'm assuming that every week feels like spring break. Weather's pretty damn nice. Yeah. Oh, you can't live there. If you're dodging the homeless people, I, you know, there's that too. The homeless but- people, the earthquakes. Now, as we do this, they've had a 6.4. They've had a 7.1. I can't begin – 6.4 is what the Northridge quake was – 20 years ago, so 1994, I, I think it was. So maybe it's 20, oh, it's 25 years ago now. Um, I used fine. to, I didn't live there at the time, but I lived in that area, and all my neighbors then tell the story just the absolute destruction. It was weeks before water was back, electricity was back, everything was back. It took for forever to get their houses rebuilt. So if this had been in a more populated area, this could have been brutal. 7.1 is, is frightening, and people are legitimately i'm not gonna say scared they're legitimately aware most people in southern california just roll with a with an earthquake and don't think much of it there was great video the dodgers were playing right. and and the announcer's like oh there's another earthquake and they're, they're still playing <laughs> everybody's playing like it was absolutely nothing and it's just, it's the weirdest thing in the world but it's very true have you ever been through an earthquake in, in indiana Really? It must have been maybe 10 years ago. I remember it was like a Saturday night, 3 o'clock in the morning. I was sleeping in my recliner at the time. Sleeping. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember uh, everything just starting to, started to shake. Um, and I want to say it was a 4.0. Right. I mean, which, you know, I don't even know people in Southern California notice a, a, no, a no, 4.0. But, you know, things in the house shook and knocked over... Uh, a bottle uh, mm-hmm. on a shelf. So for me, that was the only earthquake I've been uh, subjected to in my life. But I, 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 I saw a, a video of this earthquake in California. There, there was someone who happened to have a camera on their swimming pool. And the water just sloshing oh, right out. Oh, it was wild to watch. Yeah. yeah I can't imagine being able to keep your feet let alone play baseball. Yeah, it's that people think that it's about this, this rumbling, this rattling. It's about a swaying. Everything just slides. It's the it, you you realize how freaking tiny you are. Yeah. In 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 the whole thing in Indiana, by the way, uh, sits on too. There's the Wabash Valley seismic zone, and then there's the New Madrid seismic zone. So that's all central. And people have uh, talked Midwest about how stuff. the New Madrid fault there could be a potential seven earthquake in that fault. They've there could be a potential. Yeah, you know, anywhere. But yeah. 7.1 one is just absolutely massive, and everyone is wondering. I mean, I'm only hoping there's nothing else. I hope that you know the podcast doesn't come out. It was like, oh, oh, did you did you underplay it? Because you know, there's one more thing coming. 
But it's supposed to be that the little things are supposed to relieve the pressure. No. You have a 6.4. You have over a 1,000 aftershocks, literally one a minute going, and then you get a 7.1. That's not relieving the pressure. That feels like it's, you know, build up. But I, I, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to date the podcast in that way, but I just how do you not mention that? Dear God, right? Frightening. And w- w- one of the reasons I wouldn't go back: uh, taxes and uh, and the poop streets, which <laughs> which we'll get into. But first, uh, the the bourbon. So Fingers Malloy, uh, as you know, is a connoisseur of all things um, alcoholic. Uh, you know the drinks, the people, all of it. And so he says, "I've got something," and it is the beer barrel bourbon. From the people at New Holland Brewing. Now, New Holland is known for beer. And what I like from New Holland, they do a milk stout, the uh, Dragon Milk Stout, which is terrific. And you and I both fingers like a thicker, yes. darker a beer. So this bourbon is finished off in those barrels. So it's bourbon whiskey that's finished off in oak beer barrels. It's an 80 proof, so it's not a strong thing. At, at all it's 70 percent corn 25 percent barley five percent uh rye um it is finished in second use dragon milk barrels now to be bourbon it has to be done in you know first use charred oak uh, uh american charred oak barrels so this is the uh second use dragon's milk barrel is where this one is is uh finished off but they refer to it as a uh, beer barrel uh, bourbon. I don't think anyone on the bottle it tells me somehow that it's not. I think that's that's how they uh, describe bourbon whiskey finished in oak beer barrels. So I think they they make the bourbon and then they uh, yeah. So it's rested in new oak barrels before a three month beery slumber. Is <laughs> is how they haven't we all been in a three month beery slumber at some point? Um, it's a it's a fun idea and it's. Okay, so dragon milk is this is this very sweet kind of of of, of stout and and just and that's what it smells like. It's unbelievably sweet, sweet in the chocolatey, which is what you would expect from from one of those kind of uh, of milk stouts. We'll try it neat. Yours are already uh, you're on a sphere. I have my own yeah. sphere collection, by the way. It's very impressive. It's a sphere ice cube. You cannot. Uh, you can actually buy the molds. Sometimes you'll find them like on sale at a local supermarket for like a dollar. They're awesome. And then you make it, and then you put it in a plastic bag and just keep it in the freezer. Yeah, for, I've, got, I've got football sphere molds. Mm. You can actually see the seams on them when they're done, the cubes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's weird. Right? It, there's like a texture to it. There that- is. There's the burn of bourbon, but none of the bourbon flavors at all. At all. I've, I've tried to explain to people how this tastes. And it's 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 very difficult to come up with a description. Oh, oh! But it's a, when you drink this, you you would assume that this has to be over a hundred proof. Yeah, this is, it, it plays way stronger than than eighty proof than something that would just be forty percent alcohol. Um, There's like a thickness kind of texture to it, almost like a I don't want to say a syrup. Now they describe it. As biscuity notes um, and tones of toffee and caramel. Now, the caramel, sure, I think you could say that I would go a little more chocolatey. There is a a, a citrus trying to get through here. Um, I don't think it's doing a good job. Let's <laughs> try it. Hold on. I put a cube on. 
See, I enjoy this because I drink it on the cube. So, um, okay. I think it's fun enough to try. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't serve it any kind of serious thing, but like if you were just getting together with a group of friends, like, Hey, try this. Right. You'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, you would, you would try it. Well, we just, we just killed this bottle. Uh, and I've had it since Christmas. So this is not, uh, my everyday go to. No, it's, it's something different. Now this is a, uh, and it's it seems to be available in most places. You know, you you can you can pick this up, uh, for sure. Ah, it's fun as an idea. It's totally totally fun, and you're gonna find. Oddly enough, uh, the, dr- the Drizzly people have it. That's your you know you can get your liquor delivered mm-hmm. to your door. They're like Uber for beer, um, <laughs> and they've got it anywhere between twenty five and fifty dollars a bottle. I wouldn't pay fifty dollars. No, I pay twenty five. I it. would absolutely pay twenty five for it. Sometimes, just for the fun of it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Sometimes when it comes to a, a, a bourbon, the story means something. And if you pull out a bottle like this with your friends and, and tell the story about how it's made, you know, it's got a unique story. I think that adds to it. But this is not something where I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, I I really am going to have a fun weekend drinking." I got to get myself uh, a couple bottles of beer barrel bourbon. Every. As dumb as it sounds, I would love to have vanilla ice cream with this. I could see that. Like, like you, I don't think you couldn't. You couldn't do a float with it. Like you could do it with the, with the milk stout. You could do it with, do it with the float. But like that's the kind of like a zambuca milkshake. This would make a kick ass milkshake. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would make a spectacular bourbon shake. I could see that. Right? That's what you should do with... Oh, that's what we should do with this. Oh, that's really good. So this is New Holland, and I like what they do with beer. I really like uh, the Dragon's Milk. Uh, really and truly like uh, what they do there. And this is their uh, New Holland Beer Barrel Bourbon. For 25 bucks, I'd, I'd absolutely pick it up and have some fun with it. I, I, I would. I think, I think you can find enjoyment out of it. See, it's, it's only proving that not everything has to be standard, and you can have some fun. The Little Mermaid, no. This story has taken uh, the social media universe by storm. And the problem is, ain't nobody knowing that, what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Everyone is so, abs- so desperate to be angry, so incredibly full of crap. Here's the story. The story is, is that there is an actress by the name of Halle Berry. Not that Halle Berry. It's not, that's not who it is. Actually, I don't have it as Barry. Sorry, it's Hallie Bailey. Hallie Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y. She is black. She is part of an R&B group. And it's a duo. And she has been cast in the live action remake of The Little Mermaid. So The Little Mermaid, fish girl, the red hair, is being played by a black woman. If I'm just paying attention to the rules of what I am told you're supposed to be doing when you're casting, what happened? And by the way, don't, don't get it twisted. There's not an ounce of anger. I'm only playing the, the conversation through from all its parts. We'll get, to the, we'll get to the meat in a second. What happened to, if you're going to have a trans character, it has to be played by, played by a trans actor. If you have a gay character, it has to be played by a gay actor. They have been, people have been screaming, and I say they, the social justice warriors, 
They've been screaming and yelling about this idea for forever. That if you're going to have these characters, that we demand that they're played by such and such a type and such and such a person. Now it doesn't matter. Well, that's where I was going to go. Why we couldn't find one capable mermaid to play this role? <laughs> mm. That was mid-drink. That is no way to treat somebody. So I ended up sounding like a dolphin. <laughs> In the laughter, the only person who understood that was the Little Mermaid. Uh, no, no mermaids were harmed. It, but he, it's, we're supposed to say, we're supposed to be the people who, who now cast to type. Actors can't act. We can't trust them to act. We can't trust them to have range. No straight person can play a gay person. You can't have that. Black woman. Now, isn't this written by um, uh, Hans Christian Anders? Anderson? Is this is the Little Mermaid that somebody had tweeted? It's not a movie about mermaids. It's a it's about the 1989 Disney movie based on the story of the Little Mermaid, written by Hans Christian Anderson, where he describes white skin and blue eyes. Ariel is from Denmark, Nordic. Hashtag not my Ariel. <laughs> I'm just not that angry. Well, by the way, it is a fairy tale written by Hans Christian Andersen. I didn't know that. Why would anybody be upset about this? I, 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 don't, I don't understand where the anger is coming from, if there is any anger at all. And, and that's the story, man. Right. And, and that's where I was going. You know, there have been accusations that um, that people are writing stories about that, about the outrage uh, on social media, and uh, I, I haven't dug too deep in, into this because, honestly, I, I don't care who plays The Little Mermaid. I'm a middle-aged man, um, so it's not in my wheelhouse. But uh, the, th- the thing that I've seen people accuse uh, these writers of is, oh, look at all these dummy accounts that just popped up that are all of a sudden, of all the things they're commenting on, are, 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 are they're outraged over who is playing The Little Mermaid it, it, to me, why are we even doing these remakes to begin with? My, I was sitting the other day with my uh, daughter, and she's uh, livid that they're doing a, uh, a a remake of The Lion King. They're doing a remake of The Lion King? Oh, yeah. There are ads popping up everywhere on YouTube about a remake of The Lion King, and it's like the weird computer animation where the lions have weird faces and stuff, and it's it's like, oh, can't we just leave some things alone? Well, and, no. everything Everything's a cash grab. I didn't we're, mean to sidetrack us. But no, I, we're trying, I, I think it's because we're out of ideas. I, and they, they had some success with some, so they're going to keep doing it because why not? They're just going to... Creating content is difficult. Reutilizing your content is, is profitable. Yeah, but, but going back to what I was saying earlier, we hang around people around the same age. Do you know anybody that's upset about this? Oh, no, nobody is upset about it. I still, I, w- I want to get back just to the first part because I want the social justice warrior to answer why they aren't bothered by it. The way it got written, and this is the best, this is uh, The Root. So The Root is black news, opinion, politics, and culture. And here is how they write it. I won't even give you the headline yet because the headline's got to wait. <laughs> As the nation celebrated the national holiday that symbolizes all men being created equal, a small minority of mistreated Americans cranked up the Caucasian outrage machine to address an egregious injustice that threatened the happiness and well-being of people everywhere. <laughs> and they, they go on, and the follow-up paragraph is, oh, yes, the whites are at it again. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and, and the article's entitled, hashtag not my Ariel, 
White Twitter is big mad about Disney casting a Black Little Mermaid. First things first. What the bloody hell is White Twitter? In my life, I've never heard White Twitter. What the hell is White Twitter? I didn't even know that. I don't know what to do with that information. And oh, yes, the whites are at it again. I dare, I dare any blogger who is white out there to write that the other way and find out how quickly you get, you get your blog destroyed. Oh, yes, the whites are at it again. I think by saying it on this podcast, I'm going to get flagged by Apple. Right. Right? Just for saying the word. Am I being too loud? I got to tone it back a little. <laughs> um, nobody is angry. The people who I expect to be angry are the social justice warriors because this does not go according to what they said the rules are. And the rules are you cast for the specific utilizing the specific. And now they're they don't they're quiet. And I don't appreciate that level of double standard bullcrap. Well, I think that we've made tremendous progress in in this country where we're at 2019 and if the whites are added again and it, it's it's because of uh the little mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've really got nothing to be angry about. <laughs> and that's it. Nobody's angry. Nobody cares. That people think others care is all a fiction to try and get people. It's virtue signaling, right? right. It's, the, it's the pretending that you're, you're upset or the pretending that, you're, you, that somebody has offended you so you can be woke and be you know, aware and be like, I'm better than this and we can all be better than this. And then people are like, yeah, you're great. And you build what I have always called to is you know, called reputation capital, right? You, you get accepted and you, you know, oh, they're, they're a leader. Oh, they're, a, they're an activist or whatever the garbage is. Nobody cares. Well, this falls into a category, too, of what I've been seeing lately where something will pop up in my news feed. And I'll think to myself, why is this news? Like uh, the other day I was on Yahoo.com and there was a lead story about a white woman who apparently got upset and complained that uh, she was being uh, she was sitting next to a black woman on a flight. And it turned into a thing. And I'm reading this going, why is this on the front page of Yahoo.com? Why is this even news? Okay, uh, someone was a racist jerk to somebody else. Uh, that happens every day. Why is it front page? Because right. it gets clicks. And that's what it's all about. It, 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 but to me, so much of what happens on the web that is considered news nowadays is just manufactured BS. And this is a perfect example of that. Right. Uh, so uh, we often talk about narrative. And what does it mean to follow a narrative? You often see it really in, in, in firearms and in guns. And, and here you have, you know, that, that Virgi- I've talked about it before, that Virginia Beach shooting. You have 12 people who are murdered. Media stopped talking about it cold because the shooter was black or because no rifle, no AR-15, I should say, was, was, no long gun was utilized. Right? So, so it didn't fit narrative in a couple different ways. So they all stopped covering the story i think when 12 people are dead you might want to get into the story and find out the whys and i expect journalists to do their job and well shame on me because they're not about to do their job nobody cares about this story no one cares that some actress got to be uh the little mermaid we we that that one person may have been upset is not people being upset you searched out you looked for someone to be upset so you could prove the thesis of oh White people can't handle a black little mermaid. I, I, I cannot believe, like you, that this is a story 
But I'm going the total other way, and I want to know where the social justice warriors are. I want to know why it doesn't matter in this case, because I want them to eat the hypocrisy. I want them to stop. Actors act. It's what they do. That's what you get paid for, right? You're paid to act. And when you get an opportunity and you get a role, you take the role. Uh, Hillary Swank, what was Boys Don't Cry? Right? That whole, the Clint Eastwood movie. What? I think it was called Boys Don't Cry. Was she supposed to play that character? Was she supposed to play uh, that, that kind of person? It, it, goes, it goes on and on uh, where actors are given um, an, an, an opportunity, right, to, to put a part together. Hillary Swank played somebody who was trans and, and, and uh, b- before it was uh, hip and cool and now and what have you. She shouldn't have played the part. Of course she should have played the part. You come to somebody with a role they can, they can sink in them, themselves into, they should do it. But what's, what the world said is, no, you're not allowed to do that. Yet why are they okay with this? And uh, Fingers just handed me something that talks about black Twitter. There really is black Twitter and white Twitter? There, there is, is that black, what they, that's what they call it? They, not only is there a, such thing as black Twitter, uh, it has its own Wikipedia. What the hell? Oh, we're all doomed. Black Twitter is Wait, a cultural... I have a Wikipedia. What does that tell you? Well, I mean that somebody took the time to make a black Twitter Wikipedia. Uh, black Twitter is a cultural identity consisting of black, in quotation marks, Twitter users from around the world on the Twitter social network focusing on the issues of interest in the black community, particularly in the United States. Okay. So there, there's a black a, Twitter. Twitter's a freaking dumpster fire. Oh, absolutely. All social media is just a... I mean, I'm there. You're there, Fingers Malloy. I'm there, Tony Couch. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook and Tony Couch Radio on on Facebook. And and I I get why we do it. I mean, I shouldn't even speak for you, but I'm done. It's exhausting, and these people are ignorant, and they're not real. These people don't exist in my everyday life. I've got neighbors. I wave. They wave back, Right? Uh, friends come over for my kids and they play and we roast marshmallows. That's that's what's happening in in my life. You're what? not having white Twitter meetings? There's <laughs> I have not been invited. And by the way, I have no idea where Jewish Twitter is at all. <laughs> I mean, all right, Friday night, I get it. We're not available. But where are they the other six days? Uh, no, th- none of this is real. Who would who wants to be a part of this nonsense, garbage, trash? When did it turn? Because I, I, I'm telling you, I I you love. I, we don't even we don't even talk about my Twitter feed anymore. I'm at Fingers Malloy on Twitter, and I have a, a decent following there. But I, I've for the most part, like you said, stopped using it because it felt like up until like 2011, 2012, it was fun, and then it just got angry. Twitter changed when when cable news realized they could use it for stories that fit narrative. Yeah, right. So all the conversation was, was that social media was going to overtake and cable was, TV was going to die and it was all going to be internet and everything else. You notice TV hasn't died yet. TV has problems and it's changing and you've got streaming services galore, but it hasn't died. It's not going to. And cable news hasn't died. I don't care what you say about CNN. It hasn't died. Don't tell me about their low ratings, please. Don't kid yourself. There they are. And they are going to do today what they did yesterday, and they'll probably do the same thing tomorrow. 
But when they realized they could utilize Twitter as a source to move narrative, that's when. Because the source realized, hey, I can get on TV. And so the source went bigger, bolder, nastier, grosser. And, and when, when we, you're talking about 2012, it happened, of course, during a political cycle. It happened in the Romney election. The Romney-Obama uh, race, Barack Obama getting his second term. That's, that's when it all just, you know, it, it, I mean, people might see it a little differently. Oh, no, I think it happened in 2011. No, I think it happened in 2014, whatever. When, but in and around the past five years, five, six years, that's when it turned. That's when it fell well, apart. Uh, and, I, and I think that is why. I think I have the answer right there. I think you're right because, you know, before social media, cable news would run a poll and create news from that poll. And I would think to myself, why is this news? You, you decided to um, conduct a poll and you tried to craft narrative based on the results of the poll. And you may have crafted the narrative based on the questions you asked when you started the poll. But now you've got an instant poll. And it's not scientific and it's social media. And you could go to social media at any time like this mm-hmm. particular story and try to find outrage. And then you can, when you're, tr- when you're trying to fill a 24-hour news cycle... It's very easy to to go to social media and say, "Oh, what are people outraged about today?" And let's see if it'll fit our narrative. And by God, there you've got an example right there with Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. It's not. It's not. It's no one's angry, guys. No one is. Ang- but well, you know what? Let me take that back. If you're angry, I want to know. Like, I want to meet the person who's angry about Black Little Mermaid. Well, I had to look it up because I thought I remembered something similar. Like this happened a few years ago, and it was, I guess they came out with an Annie in 2014, where was a black girl playing Annie, and I don't remember anybody giving two craps about that either. Who cares? Because cause it, it could not have gotten anybody activated, but now they've got it to the place where it can get people activated, and that's why it's a story, and that's why media makes it a story, and this is just it. They're able to utilize the sources now. Of 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 and they and they look for it now they build on it they wait for someone to give them the tweet that gives them the opportunity it's the ugliest ugliest stuff uh, in the world uh, not as ugly you know what equally as ugly it's equally as ugly as uh, uh, what's going on in in Seattle I have I've been working on my segues how am I doing that wasn't bad yeah the first one was better yeah yeah here's what's going on in Seattle. Uh, there is not a place on the West Coast that doesn't seem to be covered in poop. <laughs> you got, you've got San Francisco, they've got the poop patrol, yeah. right? They're, they're cleaning up, they're paying six figures for you to do that. You've got the homeless problem all throughout California. Los Angeles is a disaster. Uh, I mean, people just going to the bathroom on the street in the middle of the day. That's what's happening. Like, all, all is lost kind of, kind of stuff. Then you've got Portland, where you've got the, the gross Antifa people, who are the fascists, by the way, and I'm not worried about anything. Antifa is like the, the, the most violent, awful group uh, out there. They're, they don't stand for anything. They want, they want to attack people for saying things they disagree with. Good, good free speech folk, uh, they are. Um, and then there is Seattle, and they don't want to be left out of this. In Seattle, um, there is a huge problem with uh, people going to the bathroom on the, on the streets. I think it was Seattle. It wasn't Patagonia. It was some, I think it was Columbia Sportswear. They tried to have a downtown location, uh, downtown offices, but they couldn't clear the homeless people out, and the people were getting laptops stolen and everything else. They had to pull out of there. I think it was Columbia Sporting because it was Sporting Wear. It might be somebody else. So what's happened is, is that two judges 
actual sitting on the bench in the robes judges have been um, uh, working on figuring out how to get this problem uh, solved. And one of them is power washing. Get the city to power wash the streets to get the literal crap off the streets. Enter council member Larry Gossett. King County Council Member Larry Gossett. And he, he is saying, according to uh, uh, the, the reports out there, um, is that if you utilize a power washer, that's not going to work because it's too reminiscent of the civil rights activists that were hosed down. <laughs> If you power wash crap off the street, <laughs> it's 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 racist. We're done, guys. What an age we live in. <laughs> don't 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 come to the Midwest. I'm telling you, Indiana and 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 uh, not Illinois. They're they're a mess too. Uh, but but Iowa and Nebraska and and Oklahoma. Uh, pick uh, Michigan, a few others. They need to uh, put together uh, laws. And I'm never a guy who's in favor of creating more laws. You should have to sign an oath. If you come from Oregon, Washington, or California, that says you will not bring any of that crazy nonsense with you. <laughs> and if you attempt to make a change in your city to a law that resembles a California law, we have the right to throw you out. So let me get this straight. Can we, can we take this a step further and say that Power washers are now being used as a tool by white nationalists. Honestly, power washers is what they're going to come to the Little Mermaid with. And they're going to demand <laughs> that the Black Little Mermaid be stopped. I mean, we've got power washers, uh, the Betsy Ross flag, uh, smirks, I believe, are also tools of white nationals. We, it, 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 we need to come up with some sort of guide. Do you know how dumb the Betsy Ross flag thing is? You, know, you guys know the story. It's the Nike story, right? Nike was going to have these new sneakers. And then uh, they were going to have uh, like all, all American sneakers and it was going to have the flag on the back, the 13 original colonies, the circle, the Betsy Ross flag. Uh, and then Colin Kaepernick decided, well, that's a flag of racism. And so they canceled the shoe. I don't even believe they were going to make the shoe. Why would I believe that Nike is going to make this all American shoe? Why would I ever think such a thing? Why would I fall for that garbage? So I don't believe that part to begin with. And then, you know, everyone's like, yeah, that flag is all about slavery. And you got presidential candidates doing it. It's like, you know, Betsy Ross was a Quaker and an abolitionist, right? You, you, you know that. You know that's true. And then, oh, Kaepernick quotes Frederick Douglass. One of the great figures of history is, is Frederick Douglass. Um, and and uh, talk about the work he did in, in regards to, to abolition. And so Kaepernick quotes a piece, a piece of a speech that he gave about uh, the 4th of July, really about um, uh, America, and it was about the ugliness of slavery. Well, you're not going to get me to argue. No, you're not going to get fingers to argue. You're going to get you to argue. I'm not going to get you to argue. No. No rational person does. But he doesn't give it in full context where Frederick Douglass goes on uh, to say that there is no way to see the, the Constitution as, as a racist or, or, or bigoted uh, document, um, that it's, it's clear 
it's clear that that this is that this is working uh, towards, and, and we should treat it as something that uh, allows people to live uh, to live free. Right? He didn't quote it all. He wanted to use Frederick Doug- Frederick Douglass as a way of proving, see what a bigoted country it is. And Frederick Douglass didn't agree with him. Frederick Douglass didn't say anything of the kind. Recognizing the evils and the horrors of slavery is way different than than you know how you how you think the country is and, and what the country provides opportunity for in the getting better all the time. But it's, again, another guy who wants to virtue signal his, his life away, just like this guy in Seattle. Cle- cleanliness is not racist. You sick. I mean, that's just sick. Well, let me ask you, what's more absurd of the Kaepernick quoting, uh, using a Frederick Douglass quote, or Beto O'Rourke on the campaign trail claiming that the Betsy Ross flag has, quote, uh, has by some uh, white nationalist groups been appropriated. As if... What? W- yeah, Beto O'Rourke said that last week during the controversy. He's, the, He's saying the, way, the Betsy Ross flag has been appro- appropriated by some white nationalist groups. Oh, God, that's... So now we have to shun the, no, the no, Betsy no. Ross flag based no, on... No, no, no. I think people... I, you, you will find people across America putting the Betsy Ross flag out. <laughs> there, there is going to be a huge run. Because uh, it's crazed. It's crazy. By the way, Beto O'Rourke, in running for president, campaigns in Mexico. <laughs> you all right? You all right? Don't spit it out. What Don't. an age we live in. I'm telling you. This is... This is if, if, if you weren't sitting in this country worried about the country's future and just watching this whole thing unfold, you think, oh... This is this is wonderfully entertaining. Right. <laughs> he campaigned in Mexico to run for president. This is an ignorant. It's, these are ignorant people. And and what what I think has to happen is that it's it's. I try very hard not to be a red meat guy, and I you you and I both know, we both know how to throw red meat pretty damn well. We've done it before. We may do it again one day. <laughs> Um, I try because I find that it doesn't allow for good conversation. It, 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 it keeps people away and I like to bring people in. It's just my my style. And I learned that that's not the red meat way is not the way uh, for me. But I'm not interested in a world that takes Beto O'Rourke seriously. It's an unserious person. This is an unserious person. If you think the Betsy Ross flag, and that's what we're calling it. Is this racist flag? You're an unserious person. What you can recognize the history of slavery in the United States and not think that you have to freaking whitewash it, to use a phrase, <laughs> to cover it up. It's why I oppose taking down all of the, the, the monuments from the Confederacy. It's not that I care if a city decides to take down a monument. It's their city. They can do what they want. But what we were seeing was a mob rule way of taking it down, and people were just smashing things. It was like... That's not how we do. Have an honest conversation. We, are we going to pretend that the Confederacy didn't exist? Are we going to pretend that, you know, that these things of slavery, we're, we're going to try and put them in the closet? Is, is this the desire because the slaveholders were, were Democrats and the Democrats of today are embarrassed by it, so they don't want to have it? And they don't want to see it? Like, like is, is that the purpose? You can't, you can't live a life like this. You can't have a president or a guy running for president campaigning in mexico who gives a damn i don't care what canadians think about our election either i don't even get me started on the swedes <laughs> when do we campaign in sweden i don't know but we're going to talk about that later on white twitter <laughs> i didn't know such a thing i didn't exist. either i feel worse that i know i really do this is eat drink smoke
Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. Uh, usually a blend bar cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, but man, this July 4th weekend changes everything. Timing is all over the place. So we're at my dining room table. Dining room table and smoking a cigar to which Fingers Malloy can't believe you could smoke in my house. I didn't think anybody smoked indoors anymore. A- am I doing it right now? You are. Saying? You are. Are you now, stunned? There's an old friend of mine used to do um, a show. Um, Jimmy Bice. Oh, he, the great Jimmy Bice. Yes. He used to do a podcast, and it would be a video podcast, and he would smoke inside of his house. And I'd be like, wow, I don't know people who smoke in their houses. This is, this is something. I don't do what it often. We live in. I will admit, I don't do it often. We got the great uh, deck and, and everything else. And actually, I mean, I'm, I've been figuring out, what do I want to build a, a, a four-season room? Basically, add an addition to the house where I can do this and, mm-hmm. and looked at the price. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. The money doesn't work for what I'm going to be able to then sell the house for one day. And I don't plan on moving. I mean, you know, that whole thing, like what you do to your house is very much dependent on like what, what's your plan. I think I'm here. Like if I were to even think of like, I think I'm going to be mortgage paid off in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, right, the kids are, are, are well into, uh, figuring out their lives and, and, and everything else. Now the question is, where would you go? Do you now just pick up and move somewhere because, let's say, it's warmer or something like that? Or do you say, you know what? I've got a life here. I've got a base here. And I don't owe anything on this place that I've built up and I enjoy. Might as well get all the usefulness I can out of it. I mean, then there's the whole, you go somewhere else and you rent it out. and, and, and Yeah. So, but you can't spend the amount of money it's going to take for the addition. Uh, and you just did one. I'm, I'm doing one right now. And it... We started planning this back in November. It is July, and it's still not done. And it is incredibly stressful, especially if you're, you're hiring a contractor who then subcontracts a lot of the work out. So you've got strangers coming in and out of the house that you didn't hire. You just hired the contractor and trying to keep tabs. Make, you, you have to constantly babysit. The amount of stress that goes into uh, that's generated by putting a, an so addition you, on your house. It's crazy. So you kind of GC'd the whole thing. You general contracted yourself, basically. Mm. Mm. Even though you brought in a main guy, they yeah. brought in these other people, yeah. and you're like, who are you? Right. I didn't that's, hire you. That's... You know, they got... Uh, you know, you're, you're building a house, or, or building a, a home addition. This was like a Four Seasons room, but it's it's turning out to be more of a, a traditional... Um, it's like, a, a it room is addition. An addition. Yeah, it really is. and we're I, we're turning this into this old house. But <laughs> um, no, it you know they got a foundation guy, they got a cement guy, uh, you got a roofer, you got a, right. a siding guy, uh, you got a drywall guy. You know this guy's got another guy. They got an electrician, and it's all people that he hires on his own. And um, gosh, I didn't hire any of these people. And you got and, and it, this is just a side gig for a lot of these people. Like mm-hmm. you're hiring uh, the, their electrician is actually an electrician for somebody else. And then they come in. This is like a little right. side guy, uh, side gig that makes some extra scratch. So this started, I, I was watching what you were doing and then I was going to do like uh, the full edition. And I was like, maybe do like one of those three season rooms and, you know, we'll put in the, the heaters and I'll be able to use it like nine, ten months out of the year. Uh, screw it. The Amish. The Amish will build anything. Right. And they build it and they're proud of it. They you can't rush these people. They'll when it's done, it's done. <laughs> um but they basically they build like uh, I, so it's not a pergola cuz that's where the rain can come through. Right. So it's he's got an actual roof and it looks like a pavilion almost. Mm-hmm. And they can attach to the house. So that's what we're doing. 
we're going to add one to the house going out and like it's going to angle up because it snows and you want the snow to be able to to melt off and then i'm going to have not only ceiling fans from fanimation put in mm-hmm. right our sponsor fanimation fanimation.com we'll get to them in a second i'm having restaurant style heaters put into the roof Oh, nice. You know, the ones that come down? Yep, yep absolutely. So having the gas lines run, I'm, I'm putting the heaters in. So uh, the, the figuring is, without doing all the other stuff, because full, full numbers, full disclosure, the numbers to do a true four-season room, basically in addition, was 50 grand. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, we're not talking about, we're talking about 12 by 14. I wasn't talking about anything major, gargantuan. There's no water. We're not adding any plumbing. Right. Or any, Fifty thousand dollars. Like, holy crap! No. And by the way, I'm not spending anywhere near that. Just to let people know. <laughs> just to let people know. No, that's why we went with the stick build instead of you know you get these four season room companies that come in and they talk about how their room is uh, made from uh, industrial strength aluminum and the windows our, and all our that. Our guy was hemp. I made all right. Hemp. <laughs> Everything's hemp. I don't know. But those they were outrageously expensive. One, I got one quote for a. Uh, I believe it was a, a 14 by 14 room, and it was 60 grand. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, it's not that I can't see somebody doing it. I couldn't see it for what, for what we really want out of it. I'm not going to get... It's never mind getting it on, on when you sell it. I'm not going to get $50,000 worth of value. It's right. the whole thing with a pool. Mm-hmm. And if you have a pool, where do you live? Because this has been a conversation now, do I want to get a pool? Because the kids like to swim. And so we have like, like a pool membership, right? It's what right. they do here. Yeah. But I can't go. I have no – I could not feel comfortable for the life of me sitting there, you know, laying out right. with, with, with 100 other people. Uh-huh. And then someone invariably is going to – and I'm – dude, I'm like I don't know how actual famous people do it. Someone's going to come up to me and say, hey, Tony Katz, heard you on the radio. Hey, listen, about that thing about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> I'm basically wearing near nothing. I don't. This is not the conversation I want to have. And on top of it, thinking about that, at least 15% of the liquid in that pool is human urine. Why? Why, why, do, you, why do you ruin everything? Well, I, listen, well, we've got a neighborhood pool in, in my community, and I see kids getting in there with swim diapers on and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this at all. So we talk about getting a pool. Mm-hmm. But again, that number is going to be 30, 40 grand. And I know people who have spent much more. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. For, for swimming three months out of the year? Well, the other thing, too, you need to consider, I, I grew up with a pool. My parents put in a pool in the, in the 70s. In-ground? In-ground pool. Okay. Um, and I don't know what it's like around here, but I know by my house, I wouldn't put in a pool because I've got, I'm surrounded by cottonwood trees. And the amount of cotton that flies through oh, the air. stuff floats through the air. Oh, and goes right into your pool, and it, it's gross. Huh. Um, no, it, I don't have that problem. I don't, I, don't ha- I don't have that problem. But it was great as a kid growing up with a pool. Hey, I, I grew up with a pool. My parents... Looked at 12 different options and decided to put in a 24-foot round above-ground pool <laughs> yeah. and built the deck around it. And we had this heater. And we had lights that shined onto it. So growing up, we a tremendous amount of trees. Mm-hmm. Biggest trees you ever saw in, in, in your life in Jersey. And so they had lights put way, way up into the trees aiming down. Oh, that's nice. And they kept that pool so hot. Like, what would you think a good temperature for a pool is? 85. 120. <laughs> <laughs> the pool was hot to get into. It was like this giant 
hot tub. Yeah. Um, that that me and my friends and and uh, my brother and his friends would use, and the steam would come off it in the summer. That's how hot it was. <laughs> Just. Brutal. I don't think I can. Do, I would do an above ground pool and put a deck around and make it beautiful. Yeah. But I don't think this neighborhood allows it. I don't think. I, 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 I think would, indeed restricted. I, I I think it would be too. And in fact, um, I don't think that would in be my a backyard problem. right now. Well, in my neighborhood, I have a similar situation. It's not nearly as uh, nice as yours. Well, thank but, you very much. Uh, I have a retention pond in the backyard, and my neighborhood will not let me put a pool in at all because of the retention pond in the backyard. Because people oh. paid a premium for that view. All right. First, that is not a retention pond. That is an actual spring-fed lake. Mm. Right there. I don't mean to brag. <laughs> it's a lake. Yeah. It's not Huron. Yeah. Right. You know? It's got a couple of houses around. But it, I would if you paid extra. But I, I definitely would check with the homeowners association if you have one before you do it. Because, oh lord, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I mean they would they would come down hard on me if I tried to put a pool in my backyard. So the Amish, I'm going to do this whole thing. I think it's going to cost like like less than ten grand, and I'm I'm just excited as as can be. And the fans from Fanimation, Fanimation.com, incredible sponsor of Eat Drink Smoke, Fanimation.com, ceiling fans, indoor or outdoor. LED lighting, whisper quiet, incredible construction, and customizable. So however you want your fan to look for your living room or for your family room, for the kids' bedrooms, uh, or for that outdoor area, they've got it. They can make that happen. You go online. You can just do all sorts of great things and putting together what it is you want, the style, the selection, and really the reliability the fans just going to keep working and keep working and keep working. And even if it's an outdoor fan, it doesn't matter. Let the elements come. It's going to be able to handle the standards, right? So you, you're in great, great company when you get a, a Fanimation fan. <coughs> Ooh. You know what I like about Fanimation, oh, too? I got all choked up thinking about it. You know what I like about Fanimation, too? <coughs> the designs of their fans. I mean, you go into a Home Depot or Menards or, or a Lowe's, a lot of the fans look exactly alike. They have some unique styles of ceiling fans over oh, at Fanimation? Fanimation. Yeah. Yeah, they are they I mean they're proud of it. They they're proud of of creating something that's special. So check them out fanimation.com. Tell them you heard about it on Eat Drink Smoke. Tell them you heard about it on Eat Drink Smoke. fanimation.com. Absolutely love those people. Uh speaking of we said we were smoking. Yes. Now let's get into the smoke. This is the Arturo Fuente Double Chateau. This is a 50 by 6 and 3 quarters. So this is not a Churchill. So we're clear. That's not what it is. But it's a big pup. This is going to take your time with a cigar. It's a very simple, simple cigar as, as well. You know, we, we review all sorts of things here. This is, they say a medium. I'm going to go a touch more to the mild. It's a Dominican uh, by, by origin, um, but it's an Ecuadorian wrapper uh, and, uh, and uh, Connecticut shade. So it's a Connecticut shade. A Connecticut shade from Ecuador. That's just... I don't even know that's possible. I'm wondering if I even have that right. I think I have that right. Not the most appealing color in the world. No, it's a very... We've done cigars like this before. I don't know if we've done this one before. This is very, very light. It's not one of those deep browns and oily, whatever. This looks pale. This looks a very light brown, almost like a, um, sad in, in, in the color. But the, but the flavor is just easy. I wouldn't say nothing. And there's nothing about this cigar. I was like, my goodness, you have to have this. 
except every time you have this, you're gonna you're gonna feel like this is solid. It's just generally good. It's the best way I could describe to you what's going on uh, uh, here. There's there's the the, the grass kind of feel, uh, which you can uh, often get uh, from these, and I and I don't mind it. I'm actually getting better and better at enjoying uh, the, what the grass is and what the grass uh, uh, has has to offer. Um, it's not uh, su- it's not sweet like in those cocos, but there is a sweetness. Right, there isn't a pepper on this at all. That this thing oh, has. You don't think so? Nope. You 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 taste pepper in this? A little, just a little bit when I first lit it. Um, it but the the color, it looks like something that they want to power wash off of Seattle <laughs> sidewalks. But but the flavor, I really like. Look, I'm not a, a, a spice guy. I like the 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 creamier kind of cigars this this but when i first lit this i got i thought i got a little bit of pepper off of this but it's very very mild tony i'm really enjoying this it's a very easy this is a great great on the course cigar uh, a golf course cigar and one of the reasons I, i i say that it depending on where you order this and remember six and three quarter by 50 so you could argue that's a churchill i'm telling you it's not a churchill that's I'm saying it. Someone's going to disagree with me. And if the Fuente people want to disagree with me, okay, I'll, I'll listen to what <laughs> they say. You can, depending on where you go, right, and where you, where you look for this thing and, and, and where you want to get one, you can get a box of 20 for $120. Oh, come on. That, that, yeah, that's a great right? price so point for a, about, a golf cigar. We're talking about $6 oh. a stick. And, and it's and and at the and at the size, it's it, even if you did it afterwards, right after the course, mm-hmm. because of the size, um, it's it's still it's it's well worth the dollar and, and on every level. Perfect golf course cigar, bachelor party cigar. Well, to go back to the golf course, I I, lo- I love golfing. I don't get to golf as much as I, I I used to. God bless. But I I love to golf and I love having a cigar while I'm playing. But I'm not one of these people. Like you'll see footage of Mike Ditka playing golf and he'll lean over a putt and he'll have the cigar in his mouth and he'll puffing puff right. on the cigar as he's putting put, putting. It's always in his mouth. I like to set the cigar down, take my shot, then go grab my cigar and have it still be lit. And I have not had a, a problem so far. With with this going out, or it's it it it. it and it's I don't a, think you will. I, and it, at that price, if it does, if it turns out to be crap, okay, it was six bucks. Now, what's interesting is is that take a look. You this is a, a six and three quarter inch cigar. You're already into the second third. Yeah, right. It. I will admit this smokes a little bit quicker. And I so to the idea of how long a cigar lasts because I get asked that question a lot. I don't believe what people say. There are times where I will tell you, you need to give this thing time. You need to be able to sit and enjoy uh, the cigar and really kind of take it in. But I know I smoke peculiar. I smoke hot. That's the best way to describe it. I smoke faster than everybody I know. It's just, it's how I do it. I'm not saying it's right. It's, it's just uh, how, how I do it. It's, it's how I, I, I come to it. Um, there's certainly more than an hour on this cigar that you could do. But at the rate you're going, forty five minutes. Yeah, right. And it's it's a big, it's a it's a very large cigar, but unbelievably comfortable and unbelievably easy. And right now, see, you're doing, you're still, you still have the bourbon. Yeah, you still have the beer barrel bourbon. I'm doing it with coffee. You can do this as a breakfast stick. 
Now, I'm never a breakfast cigar guy. There are only two times a year where I'm a breakfast cigar guy, and one of those is the Indianapolis 500. Makes sense. Because I do the pre-race radio show, and so when there's nobody yet at the track... It is. It's a surreal experience because three hundred thousand people, yeah, you know, can fill this. Can fill Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's a small city, and race day is just. It's insane. If you've never been, you got to go. It's incredible. But before the race, right? So it's it's four thirty in the morning. Are you breaking the rules? Oh, I I I was in the winner circle this past year, <laughs> where they have the podiums and stuff. And because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm setting up to do the radio show, so I'm walking around, and, every, and that's where I smoked. Just staring out over the yard of bricks, that's where I had my cigar from. And it's, it's, it's just an incredible, incredible uh, experience to, to, to do that. That's, that, is, that is it. It's, it's really difficult for people outside of Indiana, especially if you're not into racing, IndyCar or NASCAR to under, fully understand and appreciate how you, great it is to be at that track. Do you like a party and are you into debauchery? Because if the to answer to either one of those questions are yes, the Indy 500 is nuts. Oh, and talk to people that have been going there since the 80s and how the snake pit used to be compared mm-hmm. to what it is now. Yeah, I mean, a whole it's area. T- tame compared to what it used to be. There's a whole area called the snake pit and they have concerts and everything else and people are just drunk out of their face and and it, but it used to just be uh, sex in the mud. I mean, that's that's the only way to describe how it used to work. I saw Sex in the Mud open for Alice in Chains <laughs> in '92. It's a great show. Um, so that's the time I do a breakfast. That's really, and I mean, every now and then, if I have an early morning event, I'll I'll give it a go. But yeah. oh, for the 500, congratulations to the women's soccer team. Uh, they are your World Cup champions. And it's all it's going to be all eyes on Megan Rapinoe and whether or not she's going to keep screaming at Trump and whether or not she's going to go to the White House. And I just I just don't want it. I just want to say congratulations. Good on them. Thrilled for them. Thrilled for for the country. I I happen to be a soccer fan. I really I really do like the sport. Um, But I'm not interested in listening to this back and forth with I'm not going to go to the blanking White House and screw Trump. And it's. Boring as hell. So why are you doing it? I mean, if you if you want to talk to the guy about policy, like she's one of these people who originally took a knee in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick, and she doesn't sing the national anthem. I don't. I don't get it. But you're, you're not being rude. She's just standing there. It's not like she's creating a scene. She's just standing. Okay, fine. Knock yourself out. You, but, you you talk all the time about treating people whether they're serious people or not, or you're a serious person. Mm-hmm. And throwing a giant hissy fit in front of the entire country, uh, to me, that you're not a serious person. And I, I was reminded recently, uh, there was a picture taken uh, of Bono visiting George W. Bush during his birthday. And to think about how Bono... I, look, there, there are a lot of reasons to uh, think that, Dono, uh, that Bono is a D-bag. Um, and I, wow. And, uh, you know, he takes himself way too seriously. But there are two ways to handle situations when you disagree with someone who happens to be the leader of the free world you can either throw a hissy fit and um just want to put on a show and meet with the president's opposition or you do what bono did and try to find common ground with the person and see where you can work together and that's what bono did with george w bush when it came to uh working with uh issues regarding africa and they came together and they uh you know, work together on issues that would benefit Africa, and they became friends over it. 
it seems to me if you want to be an advocate for your cause, you want to figure out how you can work with the leader of the free world and not just put on this this grand show for people that you are some sort of activist because you're bad-mouthing the president of the United States. But part of this may be, too, she's looking for a career after soccer. And if you if you are a, a, a Trump critic, a Republican critic, a conservative critic, a right-wing critic, um, there's work out there for you, especially if you make a grand stand. Now, how long See, that lasts, who right. knows? So uh, a couple of things. A, I would never, ever characterize it as a hissy fit. Right. Because I didn't characterize Kaepernick as a hissy fit. So no. So I don't characterize it that way. Kaepernick, if he wants to talk about police brutality, he's more than welcome to. But taking a knee didn't do anything to have a conversation about police brutality. It had led to a conversation about not taking a knee while saluting the flag. Wearing pig socks didn't right? help his cause. Wear, wearing pig socks. He wore these socks that, that basically had pigs on them in police uniforms. That, so, he, so he was an unserious guy from the very beginning, and he didn't do anything to move the needle at all. And I think that, that Megan Rapinoe taking a knee as well didn't do anything to move the needle uh, as well. But your, your point of have the conversation. You have, you have a chance to talk to the president one-on-one. Do it. Utilize it. Use the platform to figure out a way to have your conversations. Why would you miss the opportunity? And these people... They never seem to miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Yeah. And I did not think about it in the way of maybe she was looking for her career post-soccer. I mean, there's got to come home. She's 34. She's got three World Cup wins now. Uh, she's got a gold medal. Um, there, there comes a moment where you're like, okay, I, I've, I've done everything there is to do. What's next? Thank you very much. Have a nice day. And, and women's soccer is just... It is. They, they are the best. And there's the whole pay conversation. And that's not the equal pay conversation doesn't work because of the contract. Of, as I understand it, the contract that men's soccer globally has is a bigger contract than, the, than what women's soccer has. If you told me the contracts were equal and the women were getting paid less or that somehow the U.S. having these teams was paying women less than the men, you could have an argument. But if the contract in terms of the size of the total audience is less, so therefore they pay less because the advertising pays less, don't have a conversation with me. Keep building up the thing. Let me ask you this, because you, you're a fan of soccer. I am not. Uh, would you say it's fair to say that women's soccer in the United States is much more popular than men because they're better? Um, I'm not 100% convinced that women's soccer is more popular than the men's uh, soccer. At least World Cup. I, I, I mean, we it's have... N- again, I wouldn't say that's more popular. Clearly, the U.S. women's team is a better team than the rest of the world. The men's are not... And part of that is because the systems of, of, of Spain and the systems of, of, of Europe and the systems of, of South America create better players. And the U.S. is, is coming from a deficit yeah. in that. And Major League Soccer, you know, guys, uh, you know, Rooney plays for, for Man U for, for forever. Um, and, uh, and then he decides, okay, it's the twilight of my career. He's still pretty dang good. Um, and I'll, I'll play in, in the U.S. Well, if, if the best place for him to play, for Wayne Rooney to play, had been the U.S., 
well, maybe he would have played in the U.S., but it wasn't. Right. It was. It was for him to play um, uh, in in the U.K. and to play for 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 the team, if if you will, in terms of marquee names, Manchester United. Right. So the the U.S. Uh, on the men's side still has a, a mountain to climb in order to be able to really produce the players that can be. Uh, at, at at par, I believe they can. I believe Major League Soccer is totally serious, um, and and even the the undercard stuff, the USL, uh, for example, uh, they're a great league, great league for soccer. I, I think don't sleep on American soccer on the men's side, uh, because I think what you're seeing is there is a, a, an apprehension with parents today letting their kids play football, and maybe soccer is one of those games that will start taking younger kids away from the gridiron and they're going to play something that is is considered safer and, and not having to worry about concussion issues like like football no so, no i totally agree with that and it's that's already happened i think in a, in a huge huge way but it, I, i'm just I, I think i'm being as honest as i possibly can you know they they're they're better in europe that's all there is to it um that the u.s women are better than the rest of the world doesn't change the fact that the global audience is still bigger for men. Right. So that's what you're dealing with. If you said to me, everything was equal and even, and we still pay the women less, they'd have an argument. I think they have a solid argument. It's a, they have a much tougher argument in this one, but they, they want to push to get paid more. I think, I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong or peculiar or strange uh, uh, about that at all. Let them push to get paid more, let them push uh, to, to to find their way. I just, I just don't want to. I don't want the fight. I don't want the garbage. You don't like Donald Trump, so now what? He's the president. You have opportunity. He's invited you. Why not go? Why not talk? Why not do? She, and the the crazy part is, she said no to Trump, but when Rep- Representative Ocasio Cortez is like, "Hey, come get a tour of Congress," she's like, "Oh, okay, I'll be there." Yeah, well, that's. What do you, that's where I'm going with the hissy fit. You know, I, I know you don't think it's it's fair I, to call I, I, it a hissy fit. I, I when you when you start uh, going down that road where you're taking sides and it, it doesn't wasn't seem a hissy fit when uh, the Golden State Warriors said they weren't doing it. We didn't call it a hissy fit, right? That's that's my point. It was just nonsense. That's all. It's it's the terminology. It, it's it's just nonsense. I think that's it's hissy a, fit too. It's a, do you, okay. Well, then then as long as you're playing, I'm being, I'm being oh, consistent. Playing I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say oh it's sexist because it's a woman, and I'm saying it's a hissy fit. I just don't understand that. What what bothers me is this is considered a, a profile in courage in 2019 to to go yeah, against the, the 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 president of the United States as if it's courageous to bag on a Republican, especially Donald Trump in this day and age. Now, now, granted, I know there are lunatics out there and there have probably been some threats aimed toward her and, and nobody should ever think that that's good or cool no. or anything like that. But, no, you know, the media is on her side. Uh, more, most of probably the sports media is on her side. Uh, I just don't know how courageous it is. Have an athlete come out and say, yeah, I'm for the wall. I think that we, what we <laughs> right? need to have we need to have borders in this country, and we need to have those borders be enforced, and we need immigration laws to be enforced. That would be a courageous stand in 2019. But this bagging it's, on a Republican—it's it's, it's like uh, it's it's not courageous for an actress to get up at the Golden Globes and scream about and scream about Trump. It's not courageous. That that's the easiest thing. Meryl Streep is not courageous. Right. Oprah is not courageous. If Oprah—this was like two years ago—and Oprah did one of these speeches about Hollywood needs to do better. If she was really courageous, she would call out Matt Damon. 
and Ben Affleck for looking the other way while Harvey Weinstein yeah. was abusing women. Right. And George Clooney and all the rest. She'd call them out by name. She'd say, I won't work with them anymore. That would be courageous. They don't do that. I heard Gwyneth Paltrow the other day on uh, the Howard Stern show talking about her uh, um, interaction with Harvey Weinstein and how... Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. And uh, he came on to her in an inappropriate way. And at the time she was with Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt pretty much threw him against the wall and confronted him. And I thought, okay, that's cool, but it didn't get any further than that. It it was courageous to stand up to him as a man and say, uh, that's unacceptable. Don't ever do that to who I'm with again. But that, that story didn't get out. Nobody, like you said, nobody was calling him out publicly during this kind of behavior because quite frankly he was he, he could make or break your career i would make the uh, I, if if brad pitt did that good on brad pitt and that's where i would have left it as well and i would have told some people you would not believe what harvey just tried to do to gwyneth what are you kidding you yeah. believe that stuff we're talking about people who proactively looked the other way hollywood knew yeah everything involving me too hollywood knew and when they lecture to us, it is gross. It's ridiculous. I don't want to have any. I, I don't want that in my life. They don't get to lecture. And if we're talking about bravery, if somebody was going to be brave, they would call out these people by name and say, "I, I it's not. Oh, it's easy to say I'm not going to work with Harvey Weinstein now. I'm not going to work with Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. I'm not going to work with George Clooney. I'm not going to work with those A-listers." I won't have any part of that anymore. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the ice cream chick. Mm -hmm. Because this woman could get 20 years in jail and it's not enough. And by the way, uh, the the cigar is, it's good. I'm already halfway done. Yeah. You're you're more than halfway done on on an almost seven cigar. It's it's not fair to gauge time when we're doing the podcast because you're the host of the show and you don't have time to smoke like me or April because we're sitting back and we're reacting to what you're saying. So you're doing a lot of the talking. Oh, you think so, that's it? Oh, I think that's a lot of it. Huh. I, I, we, I think that we're all, almost always ahead of you when it comes to smoking a cigar because you're, you're hey, you're running the show here, man. It's you know? a good cigar, though. It's fantastic. Right. It's easy. I wouldn't say it's overly complex. I wouldn't say that you're getting a host of different notes. Um, I there there is a nice creaminess to it. There is a, a to me a little bit of of those of those grasses in in the beginning. I still have not picked up any pepper. This is an easy. If you've never smoked a cigar, this is a very very nice way to start. And at a price point where if you don't finish it, don't worry about right. it. Right. I'm very excited about right. taking this out on the golf course. Do not worry about it. Now I've been asked the question. If I'm smoking a cigar this length and I'm not going to finish it, I can finish it an hour from now. Can I save it? Here is what you do. This is how it works. Let's say you, you've, uh, you've smoked it to where you smoked it. You're like, okay, I can't smoke anymore. Can I clip it like past where I've been smoking it and save it? Mm-hmm. Here's what you do. Let it, let it die out, right? Let it burn out, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, let, the, let the heat stop. Then you can bring in um, uh, your clipper. The first thing you do while it's cold, before you clip it, blow out, blow through the cigar, push out everything you possibly can, odors and and any uh, smoke that's remained in there, anything else, push that out through the cigar, blow it out through the cigar, then, uh, (laughs) calm down, then about, give it an inch, 
and uh, and then clip an inch from where you had it and clip it there and then you can go back to smoking and i've done that before mostly good results it's, uh, a, it's it, it can be a touch different but if you do those two things blow it out i mean really blow it out like take a few minutes you know make sure you're breathing you don't you know pass out you know like you're blowing up a, a kid's toy um but if you do that and then uh, like an inch past where the, the burn is right and then clip it there mm-hmm. uh you should be all right you same be day though right I mean, yeah, I've never gone back to it a couple days later. It's yeah. always been the same day. Always been uh, the same day. I want to talk about the ice cream woman. Okay. This is Texas. Mm-hmm. And in Texas, there is video of a woman taking a juvenile. container. Uh, what was that? I think she's a juvenile. Is she? I believe so. She thinks she's under the age of 18? I believe so. She's trash. She takes a container of Bluebell ice cream. She takes off the lid. This is in a supermarket. She licks the ice cream, puts the lid back on, puts it back. They've identified her because they have the surveillance video. I think she also kind of like posted about it. Right? I think they were all kind of uh, happy about it. She was there with uh, friends and, 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 and everything else. And they're like, lick it, lick it, lick it. And so she did. Um, she can get up to 20 years and up to $10,000 in fines, according to uh, uh, the rules of Texas. Not enough. Too disgusting, too despicable, too hateful for words. I don't... How did... I mean, I'm going to assume this has happened before. I'm going to assume in the history of America, this has happened more than once. I am all in favor of actually throwing her in jail. For a long time, and I'm not talking about some some uh, like club med kind of club fed jail. I'm talking Gen Pop. Oh, I am talking Oz, right? <laughs> That's what I. Oh, I'm so angry. First of all, why is there not any kind of plastic seal that needs to be broken before you? Open oh, ice question. cream. I don't understand that. I've never understood that because of situations like this. Uh, 20 years is ridiculous. This woman has no morals, and your answer is, well, it's because there wasn't plastic? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that if we only had plastic, this never would have happened. I just don't understand why there isn't a safety seal around ice cream, that you could just open up an ice cream uh, container and do whatever the hell you want to and then put it back. And now you're seeing copycats where, uh, you know, this video went viral, so there's another video going out of a kid that opens it up, takes his whole hand, scoops his whole hand in the ice cream, smears it all over his face, eats it. The person holding the camera takes uh, his or her hand, does the same thing, and then they put it back and they run out. There's another video going around right now of a guy, I, I believe it's a guy, but I don't want to uh, assume gender, uh, walked up <laughs> to in a grocery store, uh, and it looks staged because the the – um, the seal was not around mouthwash. This person took a swig of the mouthwash, gargled it, spit it back in the bottle, and put it back on the uh, on the shelf. Now, so I agree with you. Something needs to be done, and there needs to be so, some sort of uh, she needs to made, be made an example of. So you are are weak, and you think twenty years is too much. Twenty years is. If I see it happen, do I have the right to punch them in the face? Do what is the punishment? Oh, there needs to be jail time. I, I agree with you. Okay. But, but, there, but, but 20 
years in prison for this. I, I look, I there are By people the way, that the, have the, killed people that have gotten less than twenty years. Yeah, not not gonna say no to that. It's uh, it's called second degree tampering with a consumer product, right? Yeah, and there ha- there does have to be repercussions for it because this kind of stuff can endanger people. This kind of stuff can kill, right? Yeah, the kids with their with their hands in it. The difference is that when you open on that one up, you're gonna be like, "What the heck is this?" And you're not gonna eat it. You're gonna see that there's something physically wrong with it. You're not gonna see that with this girl. Lord only knows what else she licks. Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, oh. I'm sorry. She was raised by the <laughs> finest of parents. <laughs> by the way, that's that. That's like the worst thing. Because when you're a parent, you're like, "What? Where did I go wrong? Oh, can you? Imagine? What did I do?" Well, and this, here's the thing, too. Even if you were going to do that as a joke with, with your friends, when I was young, I did some stupid things, uh, believe it or not. We weren't videotaping it and throwing it up on social media for everyone to see uh, how stupid I was behaving when I was 16, 17 years old. I am so absolutely thankful I didn't grow up in an age of constant videos. Now, you, you, you talk about people that should maybe see significant jail time. I don't know if you remember the story. I think it was about five, six months ago of the woman who was in a high-rise hotel, and she threw a chair off the balcony. No. And it dropped 20, 25 stories to the ground, and they videotaped it and threw it on social media. Now, you could have easily killed someone. You could have easily killed somebody. I think it dropped on uh, – ended up – the chair landed on a road, but it was, uh, you know, cars were traveling through. Can you imagine you're just driving by a building and all of a sudden uh, a chair comes crashing through your windshield? The amount of damage that could have done, it could have killed someone. Significant jail time for that, too. I, and I, even if you said 20 years, I'd be like, oh, you know, I can't argue with that because it could have killed somebody. Now, you're, you're right. Somebody could have gotten sick. So who knows what could have happened with this one. But 20 years in jail? I don't know, Tony. Jail time, yeah, but twenty. Okay, years. as long as long as we can agree on jail time, I'm solid. I am. What's solid. a suitable punishment? Like, would you be outraged if you found out she got three years in jail? No, no, that's not too little. No, no. I think you learn a lesson. <laughs> I, I'm just this. not willing to 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 go the world the 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 route of prank on this. Yeah, right. It's more than that. It. We have to be able to, in America, trust the basic things. And, and this is what... Let's go back to Tylenol. Yeah. When, was it cyanide? Yeah. That they were putting in, in, in the Tylenol, which... That's what brought us these safety seals. Right? This goes back to 1982. It's in Chicago. Yeah. Somebody was tampering with um, the, the Tylenol, and the capsules were laced with potassium cyanide. Seven people died. Changed the way we do everything, by the way. And notice, um, it just changed the way we did things. There was no, uh, there, there, there were lawsuits, sure. But there, it wasn't about outrage. It was like, holy cow, we can't have this. So maybe it leads to plastic on the ice cream. Don't get me wrong. But we can't have it. The civil society can't have it. And it's, it's, I, I, and it's true about so many different things. Um, but but this is a bigger subject than someone just playing a prank and, and, and licking some ice cream. This is about whether or not you trust what it is you eat and drink. And it, it, we have to be able to do that. If we can't do that, 
we're screwed. The society falls apart. It's bad enough that we have trouble trusting the institutions. It's bad enough we have trouble trusting the police. It's bad enough we have trouble trusting a whole host of things, our politicians, all of it. We have to be able to trust Bluebell. And Bluebell, they're the, they're, to them specifically, they had a listeria issue and a yep. couple others. You know what they did? They shut down for like a year. They shut down. They went through everything, and they came back with a vengeance. I don't want any problems for them. I'm proud of them. For what they did, by the way, they'd be a great sponsor for Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs> Holy crap. Bluebell ice cream would be a dream. Especially if it's a Bluebell milkshake with the Dude, beer barrel bourbon. That is such a good idea. That is such a good idea. The beer barrel bourbon uh, milkshake. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Let me know uh, how it goes. But no, you, you can't let this go, by the way. So you can't. Can't uh, be done. Um, this cigar... Is a this is a solid breakfast cigar. This is a solid midday cigar. Um, I wouldn't. This is to me not a cold weather cigar. This to me is definitely this is your 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 golf course one of your golf course choices. You know, you bring that up, and that's an interesting point. Do you know off the top of your head? Can you think of a winter cigar? Like, oh, this would it was really good by the fire. Um, that, I, that, that you wouldn't necessarily smoke in the summer, but winter, you're like, oh man, that would be uh, so good more, for me. More the Maduros, the things that have the Nicaraguans, the things that have the more leathery uh, kind of feels uh, to them, just because they're 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 richer, and so they seem to go uh, in the summer. Listen, I, I'm not an everyday guy for the sun grown, but I understand on a humid day how well that kind of pepper. And that kind of flavor, spice flavor, kind of works uh, for, for, for the weather. Because there's definitely a feel when it comes to this stuff. You know, it, there are certain beers that are very popular in the summer that I would never – like, uh, I'm not a big uh, fruity drink kind of guy, but a summer shandy by uh, – was it? Oh, Lein, Lein and Kugel. You know, something with a little bit of lemon, like it's a, a blue moon that already has lemon in it in the summer on a really hot day, really hits the spot. But I don't want that – on Christmas no, I'm with Eve. you. Um, you know, I'm so I wondered if cigars were like that too. Yeah, and I th- and I it's still a personal preference thing, mm-hmm. you know. But I I do think that that's true. I do think that there is is a there are things that hit more. Um, this would be very good in early fall. This would be very good in 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 the spring. Um, and and that's why I think it's it works as a breakfast cigar. It's a little cooler out. Yeah. Uh, you don't, but it's not cold. It's not you know. Overly heat, but if you can on, on a weekend, if you want to take this out with your cup of coffee and sit on the deck, yeah. Because if you only get halfway through it and then the kids get up or, or whatever you got you to gotta do, that's cool. Uh, if you're going to smoke this while you're mowing the lawn, I totally get it. it that makes perfect, perfect sense. Uh, it's just enjoyable. I'm, I, I'm, I will admit I'm enjoying it more than I thought. I think because it's pairing very well with my coffee. Yeah. Um, and and very happy about that. That's Fingers Malloy on Facebook, Fingers Malloy Radio. Uh, you can also catch the Snark Factor podcast, the Enough Already podcast. FingersMalloy.com. Is that where you go? Is that is that the new site? Is We're uh, almost up and running on that. Yeah, Please. that's all things Fingers Malloy podcast production, the whole nine yards. Go I check am, it out. I'm in the middle of the rebuild right now, and I do it. You know, I don't do it and then put it up. I do it live. Like, I build as people can watch. I'm not uh-huh. too worried about I have not gotten to the place where I think my website is how people find me. I, or, or, you know, it's, it's a place where you can find all the stuff, right? TonyCats.com. But I'm not, 
I don't know how you how do you market a website in today's world? Do you know how much money you gotta have behind that? Yeah, I, the the Facebook stuff and 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 the radio stuff and some of the uh, just that organic growth. Like even with the podcast, and the podcast is growing great. And subscribe on iTunes and uh, well, Apple Podcasts, five star review, writer review. It's just going great and going solid for us. The sponsors are there. People are are donating. They're going to, to Fireside, eatdrinksmoke.fireside.fm. Where you find the podcast and they're contributing and and it's it's terrific it's wonderful but it's just that slow growth is totally fine by me because I think that to try you you can't plan for viral right that doesn't right. work that's insane um and and you can't be like oh I'm going to start a website and millions of people are going to come <laughs> no they're not no they're not right it's you got not I think what was the number they're like someone said. The number was 800,000 podcasts over the last year have been created. I don't know if that number's true, but it's true that more and more people are doing podcasts all the time. Rising above the din and everything else, you got to outspend these people. I'm going the other way. We will build as we build, and I'm fine with that. Consistency. Keep putting out good content. Keep engaging in, in interesting conversations. Keep bringing everybody back for more and more, and, and I, I, I can't think of a better way to win it. I've been podcasting for 10 years, and the one thing I've noticed about podcasters is uh, people will jump in, um, they'll dive in, and then, you know, this podcast isn't an example of this because it's growing, but people will get frustrated when they're, they're doing a podcast for a month, they'll see they only have 50 people listening, and then they'll quit. So I wouldn't be surprised if that 800,000 number is accurate, but a year later, I'm guessing 755,000 of those podcasts aren't active. Yeah, people quit easy. Yeah. That's true, and I don't, I don't get that at all. Do you do it because you're looking for fame, or do you do it because you like it? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you take a look at my, my day, my week, my month, two shows a day. I do six hours of radio a day, and I don't, I don't need to do any more. It's that there are things I don't get to do on radio that I get to do here. Right. And with people I want to do it with and, and conversations I want to have, so I, I do it. And, and I understand that as we're doing this today, I flew in from Atlanta to this morning. I was there for my, my mother's a 4th of July baby, her 72nd birthday. God bless. So I went down uh, for the birthday uh, celebration, and because I love her, I let her cook dinner. Um, and it was <laughs> magnificent because the woman is ridiculous. My mother is out, out of control um, in, in a kitchen. Uh, and, and then flew back this morning. And, and there, was not, there was never a question of there wasn't going to be an episode this week. That just, that just didn't hit. I enjoy doing it. And I know that you have to keep it up. So you're, I think you're right. People are like, oh, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't automatic, I didn't become Joe Rogan, so I guess it's over. Right. Yeah. That's well, absolutely correct. Well, You're not going to be Joe Rogan. You're going to be you. Right. And I think we've talked about this off air, but we've never talked about it on the air. And I think, But I think this is something that needs to be discussed for people who are fans of yours. Um, they get a little bit of peek of what you are outside of your, your six hours of radio on WIBC and, and the, the syndicated show. Uh, you know, you, there, there are issues and stories and, and, and parts of your life that you share on this podcast that you don't share on terrestrial radio. And I think that's it, it really gives a, a peek into your life uh, for people that are fans of Tony Katz that they don't get on the radio show. And I, I think that's valuable. I guess. I, I guess. And I think that's cool. But I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Right. Because. I, I I would appreciate it if someone's thinking that way, 
But I do the podcast because these are things I want to I want to talk about. I'm glad that people are interested in them. I don't do it so. Hey, here's a, here's another side of me. Oh look, no, I here's get my that. wacky uh, backroom antics. It's a, right. You know, I you know even with stuff like Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Instagram.com/slash Tony Katz. Uh, find find me Tony Katz on Instagram. Um, I, I don't do too much of, of of like the behind the scenes thing. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But people want to see that, and I think I think it's valuable. Yeah, but this stuff right here. We, we talked about fifteen minutes about a cigar today. Damn straight. And you love cigars. That's that's why I do right. the, the podcast. I think it's valuable. I think the other. This is true, and I this I get asked more than anything. When people are like like at the, where I work, the, the station or whatever, uh, is what is Tony like? Is a question that sometimes gets asked. There is not a single bit of shtick about me Mm-mm. at all in any way on any subject anywhere. I have no shtick. Nothing is just for the show. Nothing is just for the podcast. This is it. This is it. I'm cool, and it's why I'm not worried about. Having, you know, a million subscribers. It'd be great to have a million subscribers. But I want a million subscribers who want to be there and want to be a part of the thing. Uh, and so if that takes time, okay. All right, it takes time. But I, it's because I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm hoping other people are enjoying it. And then they'll share it with people and that'll be it. We'll all be in this thing uh, kind of together. By the way, uh, September 7th, I mentioned it last week. I'm saying it, I'm saying it again. September 7th, write the date down. If you're in Indianapolis, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And we still haven't talked about this off the air. I'm very intrigued. Uh, Oh, yeah, you you don't need to know. Oh, oh, I need to know basis. Yeah, right now, right now, you don't don't need to know. That's Fingers Malloy, Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. Find me, Tony Katz Radio on Facebook, TonyKatz.com, of course, and then Twitter and Instagram. Tony Katz as well and subscribe to the podcast get your fans from Fanimation Fanimation Fanimation.com and blend blend bar cigar blendbarcigar.com Indianapolis Indiana in Nashville and Houston in Pittsburgh we love you we'll be back of course have no fear it's just the way it worked out this week this is Eat Drink Smoke